When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal activist and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Him Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly Reefer Radio Rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 25th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Seattle attorney Aaron Pelly, who will be with me in mere seconds. But first, I was so damn naive. For 40 years, I thought that legalization meant that we would all keep doing what we were doing without fear of arrest or prosecution. I simply failed to grasp that the powers that be would see it as just another angle at which to gain control and hand opportunity to the wealthiest, most ruthless, and most connected, while creating a brand new hierarchy and enforcement apparatus. I failed to realize that people who were severely marginalized, who were literally able to survive by selling pot to their friends or growing pot to sell to people who sold pot to their friends, would be completely sidelined and rendered penniless, many of them with virtually zero job history for years and in some instance, decades. I did not really get that so many people who worked and sacrificed to make it all happen would be bulldozed over or that medical marijuana patients, sacred to the reformer community, would be swiftly kicked under the cannabis. I was stupid, 
for like 40 years, and I feel really bad about it. Don't get me wrong. Lots of good things are taking place here in Washington State as people drive up to brick-and-mortar stores to buy some weed and drive away unhindered. I'm not at all against the recreational stores. But I-502, the Citizens Initiative that legalized cannabis in my state, was crafted in a way that was destined to create the environment I live under today. And for that reason, I actually voted against it. After it passed in 2012, a shameful, despicable move was made by our state's legislature to create Prohibition Light by putting in place a secondary enforcement apparatus, mostly because of our state legislature's complete and total lack of understanding of what cannabis really is. Furthermore, they have demonstrated an inability to realize that pot tourism would be a boon to this state, and they have enacted laws that are an anathema to sensible cannabis policy. Now the greedy money people are having a cashgasm, jumping on the Green Rush bandwagon while the cannabis community is left picking shit with the chickens. There are some days when I question if we should have just done nothing and let things stay the way they were. Of course, that's ridiculous because we can have an ounce of pot and buy ganja from brick-and-mortar storefronts, but that's the way I feel sometimes because it feels as if it's not about freedom or compassion or equality. It feels sometimes to me like it's all about the money, just like about everything else in this society. But I will fight on as hard as I can, just like my guest today. A founding member of the Cannabis Defense Coalition Legal Committee and a lifetime member of the Normal Legal Committee, Aaron Pelley has earned a reputation for effectively handling high-profile litigation, defending both individual and corporate clients. A litigator and strategic planner, Pelley is known for pushing back on rules or violations that are hurting the Washington State cannabis industry. He is a partner at Northwest Marijuana Law, dealing with intellectual property, taxes, contracts, litigation, and business formation. The bulk of his career, however, has been spent fighting for medical marijuana dispensaries and patients rights. He's been kind enough to join me today in the virtual Hemp Present studios. Welcome, Aaron, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Thanks, Vivian. It's an honor to be with you here today. I've got a standard first question, and that is, were you always a cannabis true believer, or was there a conversion at some point along the way? How were you introduced to the herb? Well, I, I guess I was always a true believer in that I always enjoyed the herb from uh, high school age going forward, but kind of what turned me around was my father-in-law and the impact that it had on his life while I was going through law school. And, and really just the, the, what you oftentimes hear so many times I've heard over the years since then of how an individual can remove all of these really toxic drugs from their life and then replace it with something like cannabis and the amazing effects that it has just on their quality of life. And after that, I, within a year of getting out of law school, um, I was pretty steeped in the entire movement. Yeah, I had a similar revelation with my father in, in his uh, battle with cancer uh, back in 1996, so I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. In your opinion, how did things get so fucked up in Washington State as far as having the worst legalization model of the four states that have legalized, if you share that opinion with me? Well, I share the opinion, uh, not for all the same reasons. I think for a lot of us, especially on the medical side, we were really railing against Although there were many of those that predicted kind of the outcome that we ended up here today, I, I don't. I was sadly one of the people that just didn't believe that that was the biggest issue. I always believed the biggest issue was the way that they were treating patients by criminalizing their ability to drive. That you know that you could wake up in the morning and be seven, ten nanograms and be completely sober, and that per se you were virtually illegal to drive. And that was always my biggest issue with this legalization movement. To start with, unfortunately, I guess I, nobody likes to be right when they predict terrible outcomes. 
there were people that were saying that this is what was going to happen, that big money was going to take this over, that they were going to essentially kill medical and they were going to treat marijuana like alcohol. And maybe that's the worst part of it all, is that we started out with this perception that we should treat cannabis like alcohol. So the difference between the way that we treat alcohol and the way we treat cannabis and, and treating it the same is that when you're treating something as though you're using it recreationally, you're essentially your recreational user is well and they want to be altered. The alternative is when you're using something medicinally, you're altered and you're trying to get well. So the person that you know is using cannabis, they're not getting to a state where they're messed up or they're worse off. They're they're actually they're already altered. They're trying to get to a place of wellness. And so it's frustrating when you're looking at it through that paradigm just from the beginning. Yeah, the, the actual reason that I voted against I-502 is because of the 5 nanogram DUI component. I just wasn't willing to vote to make myself and everybody I knew a felon when we got in our cars. But even I didn't really think it was going to turn out this way. In that vein, Aaron, in our state, uh, the Washington State Liquor Control Board was given dominion over the cannabis industry as a regulatory enforcement organization. Now it's the Washington Liquor and Cannabis Board. Do you think that was a reasonable, smart move by the crafters of I-502? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose at some point some bureaucracy was going to take over it, and I didn't know if one was going to be better than the other or if I had a better choice. I mean, I probably would have liked to have seen somebody like the Department of Agriculture over the department that they gave it to. But anytime you're throwing something in the hands of a bureaucracy that knows nothing about what they're dealing with, you know, it can be a recipe for disaster. The IRS 26 U.S. Code 280E makes it so businesses in legal states cannot bank with their revenues from selling pot, nor can they deduct their business expenses from their taxes. Can you touch briefly on how rec stores and dispensaries are addressing those issues? Uh, with great pains, I would say. There's, a, <laughs> uh, there's, you got, you know, we do have a small handful of, of credit unions and banks that are working with the industry, and it happens to everyone. You know, it, as a private practitioner who was working with the I-502 industry, they basically, my bank said they didn't want to do business with me anymore. So I had to connect with one of those credit unions myself. And the tax write-offs are, they're difficult. There's not any specific workaround. The big workaround is looking for political solutions. That's how we got in this situation in the first place. And that's how we'll move forward is continuing to, to push forward in those political realms. You just won a $3 million judgment on a case for Caviar Gold, who, by the way, sponsors the Cavi Gold stage at Seattle Hempfest coming up in two weeks after a hard-fought 20-month battle over a trademark case. Congratulations. Uh, can you Thank briefly you. talk about that case and what, what kind of – are those issues that other businesses should be concerned about? Well, they are now. I mean, before, we never really worried about anything. This is the difference between, you know, my outlaws and my businessmen. You know, my outlaws never wanted any trouble, and they never looked for any trouble. The moral compass on a businessman is a little different, and uh, it really everything comes down to cost benefit analysis. In this case, though, you know, I had you know my clients really just had uh, they had the common law rights to this particular item. The, the a couple of employees essentially absconded with this with their trademark, filed for it, and you know shut down a lot of their accounts and and just wreaked havoc on their business. It, it took a, a long time to get it fixed. We were super happy to get the outcome that we got. I think that my opponents are judgment-proof, so I don't think that there's much that can come of it. But it, I guess it's these new businesses that are coming out. We have a lot of things to learn and a lot of things that 
weren't a focus before. If you were a medical dispensary, you didn't have the opportunity to file for federal trademark, nor did you really have a reason to. Now, these same businesses, they're, they're building themselves up and they're going from state to state. They've got a lot more that they need to think about for how they're going to protect themselves in their future as they look at this as a business. You said that your opponents are judgment-proof. Does that mean they don't have the money to pay the judgment? Yeah, I don't believe that they have the money to pay the judgment. However, they're now prohibited from using uh, Caviar Gold's trademark, right? Right, and that was that was the purpose of, of that long fight, was to, to make sure that we had that secured. And so we essentially shut down their application at the federal level, and we won back the trademark rights at the state level. Aaron, our state liquor and cannabis board made a decision to grant licenses for cannabis retail outlets based upon a lottery system rather than a merit-based system. What's your opinion of the process they chose, and how has it impacted the cannabis business community here? It's been devastating. I mean, and again, they claimed that they were making a uh, merit-based system, and one of the attorneys down in Pierce County had sued, and essentially, so far, it looks like he's, uh, he's on to something, and that they didn't do this correctly. This, they were directed, I'll point out, to, to actually do a merit-based system. They just did something different that didn't really consider the merit of any of the individuals, except that they had been in business at a certain point. And there's a lot of people who were truly would be merited. They had been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. No, they didn't go get a business license, so they didn't have proof that they were doing this, but that didn't mean that they weren't by far the most qualified people to be doing this. And it's a, such a short-sighted position to take on all of this. If they truly wanted to upset this medical marijuana market and this black market, they needed to bring as many people into the fold as possible. And instead, they treated it like this exclusive club. And this is why when you look at Oregon and these other states that are doing this, they're doing it right. They're truly looking at what we did wrong and saying, this is the approach we should take. We really want to bring this in and bring everybody into the fold. Because what happened on July 1st is, yeah, you shut down a lot of stores. Yeah, you shut down a lot of gross in that you don't know where they're at anymore. But what they most likely did was create the most sophisticated black market that anybody else is ever going to see in the United States. And I heard from someone the other day that maybe as little as three of 23 rec stores, only three of them were medical dispensaries that got to change over. Do you think that's right? That Briefly, because right. I got There's seconds. really nothing compelling about becoming a medical store for them. All right. I am talking to Aaron Pelley on Hempersent on Cannabis Radio. As we do on our first segment, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers will be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hempersent. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Source, shop, network, and learn at Indo Expo, covering all things cannabis from seed to sale. Portland, Oregon's Expo Center, August 6th and 7th. Source and shop over 250 exhibitors. Network and learn at our educational seminars all weekend long. Free admission for buyers, store owners, and MJ industry professionals. Looking for a career in the MJ industry? Attend Indo Expo's Career Fair, Sunday, August 7th. 
Over two dozen companies are looking to place positions from master growers to marketing directors. Visit www.indoexpo.com to learn more. See you at the show. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You know about this podcast. What I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how... We can save this planet. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back for the second segment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Seattle attorney Aaron Kelly. Aaron, what advice would you have for pot reformers in other states seeking to legalize in their state by way of an initiative or via their state legislatures? What should they avoid? Well, I mean, the first thing we should avoid, and I know we already hit on this, but the, the, the idea that you're capturing the right group by making a per se limit on a cannabis DUI, the reason that that was added because there was this belief that we couldn't legalize uh, cannabis unless we criminalized this driving issue. And the, the idea behind it was to capture the soccer moms that might have an issue with stone driving. And there, there's just, A, no compelling evidence that we did what we were supposed to do by doing that. And B, there's definitely evidence that we can still pass legalization initiatives without doing this. For me, I mean, I'm like a lot of my comrades, I, I probably want to just see this properly legalized. And, I, and, and the best way to do it on a state-by-state level is to look at what every other state's doing and done and then try and figure out what they're doing wrong. And in our case, that was our biggest misstep. Our second biggest misstep, I think, is, is as you kind of pointed out, is trying to find that opportunity to, to kind of accept the entire community with open arms so that we can get as many of these people that were either in the black market or in the medical market feel like that they're, they're able to be a part of it. And then the last thing, and this is kind of critical, is, is that you don't need to criminalize the medical market. The, you know, you look at down at Colorado, what they're doing, those markets sit next to each other parallel. And year after year, what we're seeing is that the recreational is still increasing in growth, but the medical stayed steady because there is, there is a need for that. And instead, what we did here is we put a bullet in it and, and there was really, the approach was completely misguided. Yeah, I just interviewed a lady who had a, a terminal brainstem glioma tumor here in Washington State, and they gave her like months to live, and she switched from the, pharma- the 23 pharmaceutical drugs to cannabis oil, and her glioma shrunk down to nothing. Her seizures stopped, and you know what she just did this week? She had to move from Washington State, leave two of her kids behind, and move to Oregon, where she can actually get her freaking medicine. It's criminal what they did to medical marijuana in this state, and I'm ashamed, and I'm embarrassed. I heard that you sued the town of Linwood, Washington for 990000 
and that they not only did they fold, but they gave your client back all of her plants and lights. Is that true? That is true. It's one of my, probably one of my favorite pastimes, especially um, over the years with medical has been, you know, this opportunity to uh, essentially when I have clients that are engaged in lawful conduct, going and basically getting the property back. And uh, I probably do it in some ways, uh, like for example, in that particular one, you know, the cannabis we got back wasn't good. It had been dried out for eight months. The, the, the real purpose of it was to really just prove a point and make them stop doing it. And we really did. That was one of the things I probably worked myself out of my own job because we got really good at essentially keeping them from convicting medical marijuana patients and from taking their property. So it got to the point where I could call prosecutors and I even got phone calls from prosecutors when they'd show up at a grow and they'd say, well, there's a lot of plants there and the police want to talk to you and, and know whether it's legal or not. It was, it, was, it was a really great time to kind of reset things for, for patients. What do you think the biggest misnomer or assumption that people make when they, they, they want to embark on a, on a cannabis business in a state like this that they're wrong about? Is there any myths out there or any, any mistakes that people make that we could warn them about now? Well, maybe the first one is that you're not, you're probably not unique. I know everyone wants to be that unique. You're not the only one that thought of it. Yeah. And I meet the best grower in Washington state almost every day and they're great. (laughs) And it's not to say that one of them isn't, but we, we, you know, and then the second part is it's really a business that, you know, this was great when it was you and two buddies and you were growing in a basement and you had 45 plants. But you kind of, you know, you, you, some of the living room culture gets lost because you do have to deal with taxes. You have to deal with employees. You have to deal with conflict. You know, we never dealt with conflict very much it, it, when we were outlaws or we were worrying about the police. We just found a quick way to deal with it. But you, you, you use conflict as an opportunity to be a better business owner and to resolve issues instead of just letting it go. And, and I imagine there's, there's markets, there's, there's supply and demand and bookkeeping and all kinds of things that, you know, a Cheech and Chong operation doesn't have to worry about, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, it just forces you to be a businessman. And it also forces you to kind of consider, because I think you can be everything when you're running a grow or a small dispensary, you can be everything. But under, you know, a proper bi- growing business, you, you have to start giving some of these responsibilities to other people that are professionals. You have been repeatedly named a rising star by super lawyers and by top 100 trial lawyers, by the national trial lawyers. How does it make you feel to be recognized in that fashion? Is your head as fat as a $50 sack yet? No, I don't know. I always, my, my good friend Doug always says I, I don't want to be any part of a club that will have me. So I, uh, I love that about him. But it, it's great. Not as fun as being probably a director and the guy that's been – uh, running Hempfest since the beginning. I, you know, I was at that first Hempfest. Uh, I know probably a lot of people tell you that, but like my, my buddy's band, August Hayes, was playing that very first Hempfest you were at. And I remember you bringing like this, well, it looked like an eight-foot plant to me. It was probably only three or four feet tall. But you brought a plant out onto the middle of the stage, and that was like the most, you know, bleeding edge, tip of the spear moment for me that we were just like, we were our mouths dropped open. It wasn't something you did back in the '90s. It was crazy. <laughs> so to see what you've turned that into, with those 85, 90 people up in Volunteer Park watching that show, to to what it is today, is kind of amazing. I'll have you know that for a couple of weeks after the first couple of hemp fests, if somebody knocked hard on the door, my blood pressure would go up, and I'd figure, well, they're here. 
you know, finally, we really expected that something was going to happen. Uh, we were crazy. We were throwing joints off the stage. We had to stop doing that because people knocked the PA over, you know, the speakers because they rushed the stage so fast and stuff. It's, it's been a blur. It's been a 25, this is a 25th anniversary and it's just, it's just a blur. You know, I, there's no time to look back, you know? So I appreciate you for, for reminding me. I did just see a video the other day of that first hemp fest and it was all dudes in black leather jackets and super long hair and everybody was moshing. I mean, the entire crowd, uh, dandelion soup or something like that was playing and the entire crowd was dancing and moving. It was mostly guys. It was a mm-hmm. real revelation, a real revelation for me. Because that's, I mean, that's, you know, a lifetime ago, just about. Yes, thank you for that. I'd like to say I saw you out in the crowd. No, nah, that's all right. That's just uh, but excuse. I was baked, bro. I was like, well, I was really <laughs> baked. You know, I mean, that's, that's, isn't that the standard excuse? What advice would you have for young people listening who are considering a career as a lawyer? Oh, man, don't do this. Unless you're doing what I'm doing, you know, don't do this. Uh, law school is just, I don't know. I, I think it's probably not for everybody. I didn't really have a good time in law school. Uh, I, I went in later. It's, I, I, there's not a ton of jobs in law that are a lot of fun. Like I totally lucked out in getting this one. I get, you know, really some of the coolest clients. I've known them all for years. Most of them were part of the movement or they're, you know, they have some special love for cannabis. So it makes it really fun to work with them. But, you know, most of the jobs are in law. It's, it's really, you know, your, your degree is your mop. You're really, just uh, cleaning up other people's shit. And so it, it can be kind of a not, not quite as much fun and rewarding as you might think. You've been invited to speak on legal education seminars and cannabis conferences. What do you talk about at those things? Uh, it's, uh, it kind of varies depending on what the needs are. But uh, like we were uh, just down at Portland Indoor Expo. And it's really actually just being down in Oregon. Our firm is, is opening down there as well. And it's been a it's, it's cool to see the vibe that's occurring down there. Um, so in that one, I, we, we were just speaking about compliance, but uh, it's, it's fun because there is a, there is, they're just learning everything that we were figuring out two years ago, their, their industries and the, and the people down there. And I think if you have it coupled with the fact that they have so many other things that we don't have, they have like delivery where you can literally deliver cannabis to a residence. They have, they have medical like locked in and connected and moving in lockstep with the recreational market. They've done a lot of great stuff. They didn't wait two years to figure out how to open stores. They just said, we'll open them now before it causes more problems. It was great. All right. I am talking to Aaron Pelly Esquire on Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. We are going to take a, our final break, and we're going to come back with our last questions for Aaron Pelly. So don't go anywhere. We're going to hear from our sponsors and advertisers. Be right back. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. 
PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Presents on Cannabis Radio with Aaron Pelly for our final segment. Aaron, who should contact you when they're in trouble? What kind of help can you offer uh, if they find you at nwmjlaw.com? Well, actually, one of the things we kind of hope, especially for the the people that are in 502 or the 502 businesses, they'll contact us before they get in trouble because there's a lot we can offer that's that's prophylactic that will prevent you from having trouble in the future. And we do have an intellectual property lawyer that we work with. We do have – we've got a host of attorneys, one that focuses on compliance with the LCB so you don't get violations. And so – I am actually the guy you'd contact if things have gone badly because I'm on the litigation team. So that means that, you know, you're either having a conflict with your partner or an employee or with the liquor control board's written an actual violation against you. So I'm the one that actually is in the trenches litigating. But if you call us, you know, pretty much for any reason, it's the best part about having a firm now is, is that I've got a group of people and each one kind of has their own specialty and it's all focused on cannabis. We've got about two minutes before uh, I, I got to say goodbye to you. Anything you want to add? You know that criminal law isn't really my primary practice area anymore as much as it used to be. Uh, I still see a lot of people and a lot of uh, green DUIs occurring. There is no sure proof way if you're what the literature refers to as chronic users from preventing yourself from getting five nanograms. Uh, an old friend of mine, Jeffrey Steinborn, always gives the advice that to break only one law at a time, which is... A really yeah, good don't, idea. Don't be smoking your bong while you're driving down the road. Right. Or if you're going to smoke your bong while you're driving down your road, make that be the only crime you commit. Yeah, um, you're right. Use your blinker. Don't speed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but, um, but don't, don't drive impaired. I got to add that. No. Just and that, never that's drive where impaired. where I was going with Come that is, is that, you know, that cannabis does have about a two or three hour window of effect. And, you know, you, it's, if you're using it in the smokable form and much longer if you're using it in 
edibles. And we don't really do want, not want to see people driving, but be aware that, you know, you start out at 250 nanograms and it takes three hours to get down to five nanograms. So wait and, and make sure that you're, you're being smart about when you get in the car and you're being smart about what you're doing when you get in the car. So that means it takes like a pizza and a couple beers and the red green show before you're able to go out and drive again, something like that, right? We'll do one beer. We'll do one beer and the red green show. No beers, no beers. It takes some, some, some fake beer, right? Um, and, and it'll just, you know, add that mixing alcohol and cannabis can actually be really detrimental. Aaron Pelly, thank you so much, my brother, for all your great work and for being on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I'm assuming I'll see you at HempFest here uh, coming up soon. I'll be there. All right, my brother. Peace. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of him present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. Quote, has he come to arm then? She asked anxiously. Has he brought a pistol or a sword? Ian shook his head. Oh, no, ma'am, he said. It's worse. He brought a lawyer. That's Diana Gabaldon, author of Voyager. That concludes this installment of Him Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank my goddess and god in the control room, Hannah and Brasco, my awesome sponsors and pragmatic producers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, take it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plant, is performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.